We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel and Jack. We are recapping a terrible Nets loss to the Hawks. They fell 115-122. The depression continues for Brooklyn Nets fandom. How are we doing, Jack? F everyone but Kevin Durant. Yeah, really, it was that way. I mean, this was a game that you watched and you just felt bad for Katie. He set a new career high with 55 points. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But... Jack, what's just your reaction to this loss? Like, obviously, this was a huge game in the sense of dicta- uh, dictation in the standings and giving the Nets, you know, a, a bigger lead over the Hornets because they lost today. And now the Nets fall to the Hawks. They lost the tiebreaker to the Hornets, and they're down to the 10th seed. How are we feeling? Pitiful, awful, unbearably frustrating. All the other synonyms you want to chuck in there, Nick, because when the Nets need to perform, they don't. And Only one guy does. Well, one guy does, yeah. You've got a, a, a got nine guys out there. And look, you, we might show a little bit of love to Kessler with Nick Claxton. But it was just – and then Steve Nash with some of the freaking rotations was just mind-bogglingly, mind-bogglingly stupid. Like, he's just dumb. Like, he's, he's a dickhead. Like, uh, <laughs> how can you be that dumb to put out a lineup that has James Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond? What the hell is going through your head? Like, it's just like, there's like a, Homer Simpson, there's like the monkey, so like hitting the symbols like that. And that's yep. basically Steve Nash with his clapping, because that's all that he does with this team, it seems. Like, every time I see that man clap, I want to clap both of his cheeks together and break his freaking jaw. A game where you lose more hope of him as a head coach, and it just like you said, that Drummond-Blake-Johnson lineup was as bad as it can get because of his reasoning for not playing Blake was that Blake is only a five. So now you want to play Blake with the purest five on the roster and Andre Drummond, who has no type of offensive game outside of the paint. And then you want to play him with James Johnson, who can't hit a three and also has just been absolutely terrible. Like there's, there's no way around it. James Johnson just has been a bad basketball player for the last month. He's another net that's just really, really struggled. Uh, and the nets are depending on him to such a high extent. And even, you know, looking to depend on him to close games is what's extremely frustrating too. And like you were talking with me before we hopped on, like, how is Kessler Edwards not out there to close the game? Like, he's literally one of three Nets to hit a three tonight. 
Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Kessler Edwards. Three nets knocked down threes, and we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys attempt threes, and only three of them were only were able to hit a shot. Calling James Johnson a bad player, Nick, is maybe the biggest compliment that you can make. <laughs> He's deplorable. He's disgusting. He makes me not want to watch NBA basketball anymore. He makes me hate the sport because all he does is foul. He fouls. He fouls. He fouls. He fouls. And Kevin Durant, <laughs> thankfully, we got frustrated with him as well. I think it was about the next one. Spacing on the stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the play? Can, uh, can uh, yeah, it was a play. It was a post-up. James Johnson was giving help, and KD was also kind of helping on James Johnson's man. But this is kind of a situation we've seen the Nets go for in the past is where James Johnson is in a position where he's not helping on the guy with the ball, and he's not defending his own man. So he's essentially in no man's land and doing nothing. And that's where KD was upset with him. I think he just said something like, play basketball. Like, And it's rare. Like, KD doesn't really, like, I light up the vets as much, but James Johnson definitely got something. And even this is what I just drives me nuts is because Nash has such a short leash with other guys in this roster. James Johnson did something that's just unexcusable. He turned over the inbound pass and it wasn't even like it, there was crazy defense. He just forced a pass and it was a tip. And I think the Hawks hit a three off of that. There was just so many things that he does on the floor that are bad. Like he did not provide any, uh, you know, positive impact in the game today. Yeah, he had nine rebounds, but he was out there for 31 minutes, and that's all he did. You know, every time he pulled up from three, the Hawks bench was celebrating. How does he play 31 minutes I don't in know. the year 2020? And the thing that makes it crazier, Jack, is, like you said, Kessler Edwards played 19 minutes, and Nick Claxton played 24 minutes. Like, we're talking about players that clearly played better than he did today. And they still couldn't get minutes. And obviously, Kess and Clax don't make their mistakes, but they do at high effort, high energy. And you couldn't say the same about James Johnson, who still just doesn't move that well. He's up there in age and has a ton of mileage. And honestly, like, I don't even understand not trying to give David Duke Jr. a run today. Like, with the energy and the effort you were getting from this team, and no disrespect, Jack, the way that Patty Mills has been playing, like, put him out there. Patty did absolutely nothing. He couldn't score at all, and his defense is bad. David Duke Jr. at least provides defense and at least can rebound the basketball and provides a level of athleticism. And honestly, I have confidence that he probably would have won at least one of five from three. Jim Boylan is a better head coach than Steve Nash. <laughs> like, I'd rather have my guys clocking and do suicides with the old school weird machines that you do back in the 1960s than see James Johnson play 31 minutes, Paddy Mills play 31 minutes when he hasn't hit a shot in what feels like two weeks. Funnily enough, the new stat page, new stat muse page, hater muse, posted <laughs> the stats of Paddy Mills in the last six games. 5 of 30 from the field, 16.7% from the field. 4 of 25 from, from three, 16% from the three-point line. And now and he still has somehow good regular season numbers because he was so good in the, the, the start of the year. I, I don't know who was worse tonight, but that's saying something. You know, I, yeah. I was every single time Paddy got the ball, I'm like, he's missing this. He's missing this. And it's 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 just weird because normally I have a level of like, okay, there's an open shot here. There was probably like one that was like went in and out. All yeah. the rest of them were short or off. And it's just and then there was, I think, even one stage where he had a completely wide open shot and he kicked it back to Kess or, or someone else. And KD was like, you need to take that. Like, I'm going to yeah. double and triple team. Take the shot. Like, I don't I don't care if he keeps, like, playing badly. It just seems like his mentality is, like, probably as bad. 
and like there's moments where he doesn't have that same energy and and a yep. burst and, and or just the the reverberation. The positive vibes just aren't there. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, it's it's just like he's off. And like you said, I mean, every time he shoots the ball, you feel like it's going to be a miss. And then it's not even like sometimes he's taking shots that are tough. And it's like they're off balance. They're contested. Like the contested mid range shots. Like I got no time for that. And then also there was a play where he had a ton of space in the corner. And instead of just like stopping and planting, he just kind of continued to flow into the corner. And it's like when you're in a funk, you need to try to take the easiest shots possible. And And like you said, he it looks like he knows the shot's not going to go down. And I don't even think as much now it's the fatigue. I think it's just like a lot of mental like it's a lot of just like I don't have confidence in my shot because they're not as much short. They're just kind of all over the place. Yeah, there's the the bricks are very, very inconsistent. They're different sizes. They're different colors. There's (laughs) their brick central. You know, it's it's been awful for Patty, and he's doing yeah. because he's so goddamn small. He gets abused on the other end of the floor as well. Hasn't been pesky, and he getting those little steals or any little energy plays either. But I still think cut James Johnson, cut your losses. It's yeah. over with him. Sign Kessler Edwards now, because if the Nets are serious about making some form of impact in this postseason, James Johnson is only going to hurt you. You might get one or two good plays on Giannis under the compo, but is that worth? The inept awfulness that he gives you every other minute and play that he's on the floor. He's not even giving you veteran seven, very seven physicality or any of that sort of shit. Like, he's not giving you anything, Nick. Like, I could go out there and do what James Johnson does. I could get four fouls in 31 minutes and just make Kevin Durant mad at me. I could get <laughs> nine rebounds because Kyrie Irving's missing every single shot, you know, under the sun. I, I hate him. I, 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 <laughs> right now, look, James Johnson, prove me wrong, mate. Prove me wrong, and I'll eat the humblest of pies, like the pie that I was alluding to on the mailbag episode. But I got a feeling that this pie is going to be as disgusting as whenever I watch James Johnson put on a Brooklyn Nets uniform. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, Ben, save us. <laughs> ben, save us, because this is the only way we could probably get rid of those these minutes at this point in time. Like you said, maybe the only way to prevent him from getting minutes is cutting him, because obviously Steve Nash has some level of love for James Johnson that I just can't quite understand. And we've talked about on the show, like, I don't personally like, you know, shitting on players consistently, especially just, you I know. I do. <laughs> they're professionals and they go out there and do this, but like, he's been that bad. Like he's literally been that bad. And that's objectively saying like, he's not performing well in the basketball court in any aspect in both ends of the floor. He's having a negative impact. And I think also you can see his teammates losing confidence in him. Cause there was times today where they probably could have hit him in the dunker spot and gave him a chance at a layup or tossed the ball out to him. And they just don't want to, because he's not good. Like he's not doing anything well on the floor. And it's, it makes it that much harder because it literally becomes four on five. If you're serious about winning, Nick, you don't have Patty Mills and James Johnson out there in important stretches of basketball. I don't At care least not Patty... tonight. Uh, no, not tonight. It's just like the easy solution is just have Klax and Kess. Yeah. Like just have those two alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and whoever else is you, you want as your fifth. Like I, I, maybe it is Patty because he's yeah, at least no theoretically stretching and Cam Thomas was at – Maybe as bad as, despite the fact that he actually hit some shots tonight, like when the Nets went on a run, Cam Thomas, you know, let, allowed the team to go on a little mini run of themselves by hogging the ball and, and just doing tendencies that have been criticisms of him heading into the NBA. So 
It was the LSU tape. That was the LSU tape. That was all the worries that you had about Cam Thomas coming to the NBA, playing selfish basketball and being a turnstile defensively. Because, I mean, he got blown by Gallinari. Gallinari is up there in age. The guy looks like he can barely move on the basketball court, and he got cooked. And, like, obviously Gallinari can hit shots over you and can work you down, but if he's beating you off the dribble, like, man, you got to do better. You got to do better. And the offensive possessions, like you said, Jack, it ruined the run. It ruined the run. He was just taking contested mid-range shots. And then he, uh, a Kongwu, he tried to challenge him at the rim. Like, do your damn homework. The kid is a great rim protector, and he's lanky as hell, and he was in great position. And then all of a sudden, that's two points the Nets didn't have, and then the Hawks got a three on the other end of that. And then somehow, the Nets still got back into the game thanks to the God work of Kevin Durant. It's, it's incredible. Like, tonight just felt like, the Nets could try to do as many things possible. I'm um, do as many things wrong as possible, and KD would still almost be there to save them. It was that close to just being KD being a savior to carrying multiple NBA basketball players to a win that didn't deserve it. Yeah, he literally almost died for the other Nets players' sins. Like <laughs> it's, and there were many of those sins tonight, and there've been plenty of them, you know, this season and over this little mini stretch as well. And KD's committed a few of his own, but. Tonight, he was nigh on perfect, other than maybe a couple of turnovers here or there and a few little lapses on the f- defensive end of the floor. But I'm not And all those it. are warranted. He put, out, yep. he put the team on his back. He hit ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. The guy went 8 of 10 from 3, was dealing with double. He had a one-legged 3 in a basketball one game. One-legged 3? What the hell? I want to remember this game, but I have to just like throw it in the trash because of the loss. And this is going to be uh, forgot forgotten 55 point performance you know KD set his career high and like i said 19 to 28 from the field 8 to 10 from three 9 of 11 from the free throw line seven rebounds three assists one steal four turnovers and he still almost found a way to win the game for this team and it it's depressing it's depressing watching him go out there and play at such a high level and his teammates not even be able to match that level of energy i can understand you have a bad shooting night but like the energy the engagement and the focus was not there for majority of the roster If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, Kevin and I had like 16 points, I believe, if not a little bit more in that third quarter. You know, the third 50-point game for the Nets this season, which is the first in franchise history. He had that that pull up for the fifty. He was just on another level, and he was just carrying the team like I don't know. Spider Man is with the Marvel franchise right now because he is just doing anything and everything. It's just he just needed a little bit of help, and Kyrie yeah. gave him little bits and spurts, but he also gave it away by taking some crappy shots, some really bad pull up threes, some really dumb fouls, almost no. He almost the Nets wouldn't have been in it if it weren't for you know that overturned foul, and then there was obviously somehow the overturn on the fact that the ball did hit the rim, even though unless you have like I'm currently holding on my brother's glasses, you you've got like the biggest glasses in the world and a magnifying glass that can see you know the sun and Mercury. I don't know how you can overturn that. Like that was as dumb as I've ever seen. And the, the Hawks had a million fouls, but that was, and more I felt like that was honestly a backcourt violation because yes, you can tip the ball on a rebound, but it wasn't directly off the rebound. So Patty Mills, I think touches the ball. And then Deandre Hunter is the one that slaps it past the backcourt. And like, that should have probably been the call right off rip, but they were so worried about the shot clock. And like you said, Jack, they got that wrong. But I think the more depressing thing is that they had like a minute of time, probably actually in real time, it was probably closer to like two or three minutes to prepare for that play. And the following play, Trey Young gets an easy floater in the paint, a shot that he's super comfortable with. And it's just like, all right, man, like, what are you guys doing out there? Like, you don't know what you're doing. And it's on Steve Nash. It's on the other players. It's just, it was just a really disappointing performance on so many different levels. The Nets are an unserious basketball team. Yeah. Like that, that's it. Like the, all the things that we've alluded to, you know, Kyrie Irving, bad shot taking, Patty Mills on hitting shots, James Johnson doing, I, I don't know what he does. Like I, I, I honestly can't verbalize. My mind can't process what he actually does on a basketball court for the Brooklyn Nets. They're an unserious basketball team. And that's why they're going to have to win two games to even make the playoffs. And that is their own fault. You know, you can have one of the greatest players in NBA history, put up 55 in a career-high performance, and they still don't win. They still don't win. Nick, like, LeBron James has had many career highs. Nicole Jokic, Sean Embiid. Kevin Durant's in this conversation with one of the best players ever, and the Nets are letting him down. They should be ashamed of themselves. Steve Nash and the roster should be ashamed of themselves. Kyrie should be apologizing to Katie tonight. My guy, I'll let you down. If I'm KD, yeah, I'm chill as hell and I'm loving life and I'm zen and everything. You can't control whatever. Awesome piece again, like I alluded to from Logan Murdoch. But I'd be pissed. Like I put up one of the best games I've ever played and it's in a loss to Atlanta when you need it so bad that you could go as high as the seventh seed and allow yourself to get home court in the playing tournament. You only have to win one game to get that seventh seed and face Milwaukee or Miami or whoever it is. And now the Nets are just going to make things way tougher for themselves and keep digging that hole and keep digging and digging and digging. It's like in the Simpsons, Dick, another Simpsons reference. You know, it's like the, dig, the, the deepest hole that I've ever seen. And it's just like, well, how are we going to get out of here? Well, just keep digging. 
The Nets are just going to keep digging and digging and digging until it's so deep that not even Kevin Durant can carry us out. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And let's be honest, like two playing games, that's not guaranteed money. One game sample size against anybody could you could have the other Nets not perform. The loss of the Hawks and the Hornets already, Nick, in this yeah. stretch. Like in games that were needed, it's not like they lost to them in, you know, early February and you're like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. This is, you know, April right now and the, the Hornets was the end of March and it's the playoff race. And like you said, and they lost these games and there's still even a possibility that they could have landed a playoff spot. Like that was all realistic two weeks ago and they still just cannot win games they need to win. It's it's disappointing and it's hard to really have any level of confidence in this team. Like we just saw KD have a godly performance and they lost. KD could do the same exact thing and they could lose a playing game. <laughs> like that's that's the most frustrating thing that despite Kevin Durant's innate greatness, that it takes that much greatness. And even Kyrie Irving had 31 tonight and probably one of the worst 30-point games I've ever seen from the player. Like, and he was just bad tonight. He had moments, but, you know, moments don't you know, string together a good enough performance. I, look, I, I don't know if this is the worst I've felt this season, Nick. I, I just, because... The Nets have just, when expectations are on them, you expect them to engage. And they've had so many highs in terms of the Sixers and the Bucks and the Bulls and all these other different games. But then they go down, they find new lows, new depths of shittiness. And it's yeah. just like, it just continues to stink more and more and more. And the stench is becoming unbearable. Yeah, I think this is probably the lowest point in terms of like, you know, outcome of the season. Like at this point in time, there's really no expectation. There's really even no expectation they're going to come out of the play-in game at this point, given how they performed. You know, during the 11-game losing streak, it was probably worse. But you had the hope, you know, KD's going to be back. Kyrie's going to be back. You know, the team's going to be okay. And obviously, you know, Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic, Seth Curry didn't play tonight, and they would have been extremely helpful because they're probably three of the Nets' top seven players, I would guess, in this rotation, given how a lot of these guys are playing right now. So, uh, it's it's just bad. It's it's just so bad right now, and it's tough. It's tough to watch this team, especially tonight. Like this was a game that you just watching it. It just was not enjoyable in any aspect, other than Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant was really the only guy on this team that was fun to watch tonight. And you know, Kess, like we said, Kess and Clax uh, did a couple things that were pretty good out there, but not enough where you're like, ah, man, that was awesome. No, exactly. So. And I think that there was just so many little things that could have been changed by Stephen. And he could have done so many little things to just 19 minutes for Kessler Edwards. When, you know, he had a little mini stretch of hitting threes. He had an and one play yep. with Kevin Herter, which was just really strong and, and really composed from him. He's playing real quality basketball for this team. And he was playing really quality basketball when he was outside along Kess and as, sorry, not Kess, Clax uh, as well as the two superstars and, you know, whether it was Patty or Cam or, or whoever else. And it's just like, really, like, you have... That's the most, like, unbearably frustrating thing, Nick, is that you have the answers right there. You have a cheat sheet that it's just like... You have the cheat codes. You have the cheat manual. You have every answer to the test, and you're still failing. Like, it's yeah. it's just... Uh, I, I, I Like, I don't even think Kess would be a guarantee, but at the point in the way other players are playing, you have to try other things. You have to look to something that's different, and... Kess was the third highest score on the team tonight. You had KD at 55, you had Kyrie at 31, and then Kess at 9. And then after that, it's Andre Drummond at 8. And like you said, he played 19 minutes. The other guy that's giving you some level of scoring production, yeah, his game is extremely limited. But again, like I alluded to to start the show, 
the third highest three-point total on the team tonight. Like, he knocked down two of four. He was 50%. He looked good. Even the one, I think, uh, the one he missed in the third quarter, it it looked good. It rimmed out. So, like, I mean, I don't. And it's not like Kessler's defense is bad. You know, obviously, his biggest issue is probably communication and, you know, knowing the details of the defensive scheme. But what can you say about, you know, Cam Thomas? Or what can no, you say about... I was going to say about Kessler, before you get to Cam, that he would have been way better on Treyal than extended yeah. periods of Patty Mills. Like, yeah. it's just, Trey Young was licking his chops. He's just like, ah, oh, cool, i got a guy shorter than me. Like, I'm going to absolutely cook the hell out of him. And he did. Like, yep. whereas Kessler Edwards is, is at least a bigger dude. He's six seven, six eight. It's just like, okay, well, I can't get these easy floaters over the top of him now. You know, Kessler Edwards is much stronger, much more physical, and just a better defender. Yes, he's a rookie or whatever, but he's so much better defensively. Like, if, if you have at least one of Paddy Mills or James Johnson out for Kessler Edwards, the Nets probably win this game. You have yeah. an extra five minutes. You replace, you know, five of the minutes that James Johnson or Paddy Mills went out there, and Kessler plays 25 to 28 minutes. The Nets probably win this game. And that's saying something because that's how bad James Johnson and Paddy Mills were. And that's how at least average, and that's all the Nets needed, average, Kessler Edwards was. Yeah, I mean, in a night that your star, your superstar player scores 55, you just need the rest of your team to be average, and it should be an easy win. Honestly, it should be a double-digit win. He shot 67% from the field, was 68% from the field, 80% from three, and you Isn't still it lost the, the most threes that he's ever hit as well. Yeah, career high. Before tonight, I think it was seven. <laughs> Insane. Insane. It, it's just like I'm disappointed for Kevin Durant. Like I truly am. And just like watching him go out there and perform at such a high level and his teammates just can't help him in any way. And it's just it, 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 it reminds me, Nick, of when we sort of talk about the, the initial James Harden murmurs and how he was unhappy about you know Steve Nash's rotations and the lineups and all these sort of things. And we're like, Yeah, James, we're frustrated too, mate. We understand. You know, if you want to, you know, force your way out, you know, do it. Do it in the right way though. Kevin Durant demands a trade in the offseason. All power to him because I don't want to go for this team. I can't imagine playing for this team given what, uh, I don't know. Like, There's just so many words I want to say, Nick, but I think that I'll probably, I'll probably regret it, you know, 15, 20 minutes of what I've already said. But I've You know, I'll say this too, and just like to have a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little positivity. Like the Nets are probably missing five of their top 10 players tonight. You know, you'll get Ben Simmons out, Joe Harris out, Seth Curry but out. But they had their two best players. Nick. They did have their two best players, but I'll say this. And you said it already, Kyrie Irving was not good tonight. I really don't. Uh, Kyrie, to me, in the last couple games has been extremely disappointing. He hasn't shot well, but also... That's fine. You're not going to always shoot at an extremely efficient rate, but his defense has been bad. His defense has not been there. He does this thing defensively, especially when he's playing bad. He kind of just goes rogue and tries to make plays, and then all of a sudden it breaks down the entire defense, and he does that too much. And then, like, yo, you're not playing well. Your shot is off, and you continue to take extremely tough contested shots. Like, 12 of 32. It, it was rough, and probably about... 18 of those shots were bad shots. Yeah, he knocked down a few of those bad shots, but sometimes it looked like he just had straight tunnel vision for offense. And I get it. Like, your teammates weren't playing well, but there still has to be some level of motion and involvement from the other guys so that other team has to defend more than two players. And that's the thing. Like, the Hawks aren't a good defensive They're team. They're terrible. They're one, the, they one of the worst in the league, but the Nets are making things harder for themselves. They weren't looking to get easy shots. There was a point, I think, in the first half where they had four assists. Yep, And the Nets have looked great when they get 25-plus assists overall. 
Hate Amuse again with another stat, Nick. I love this page. I'm a big <laughs> fan of it. Maybe it's just because of the mood that I'm in right now. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, since becoming a full-time player, has 145 points on 130 shot attempts. Mm. You subtract the points from the free throws, and he has more shots taken than points. Look, and I think Steve Nash alludes to the fact that he's getting used to being you know, a full-time player. Dude, you're getting paid $35 million to be a full-time player. You have to play full-time. You don't get the luxury of being a half-time player. And if we're going to give you a five-year extension that Nick and I discussed in the mailbag, you'd better be playing 60 game plus, not 20 games because of a vac- vaccine mandate that is you know, complicated in, in many different ways. It's just so... Like, that's an out. Like, that is such an out. Like, and then... Yeah, like, uh, uh, it's just... It, no, it is, Jack. It really is. And it's just like a cop-out. It's like, dude, you know this was a thing. You all talked about how you had, you know, positivity and that this was going to change eventually and he was going to become a full-time guy. Well, it happened. And he hasn't performed at a high level. And at the end of the day, depending on how he finishes the season, how he plays in the plan in the playoffs, like, yeah, Katie might need more help. Maybe Ben Simmons is that guy that can give him help. But, like, there just wasn't enough help for him tonight. And again, I mentioned the guys being injured, but you expect that second star to step up in a situation like this. And like I said, you're not always going to shoot well. You're not always going to score well, but you can play defense better. And he just didn't do that tonight. And there was plenty of mental mistakes from him out there and just, you know, selfish decisions defensively. And it's definitely his play over the last week has not been great. And it's just been tough to watch. And, and that's with Katie having a one or two bad games. And it's like, yeah, he's been doing the work all season long and he's still getting the a higher level of attention than Kyrie seeing in pretty much any matchup. Yeah. Kyrie Irving was not making things easy for himself tonight. You yeah. Know, in games where he's played well, he has attacked and been aggressive. He settled a lot. He settled for long threes. He settled for long mid-range shots where he could have used the craftiness and dexterity of his handle to get to that sort of, you know, eight to 10 foot range and use some stuff off the glass, use some of the floaters, the left hand or the right hand. And he had a couple of those shots tonight. It's just like, you can do it, do it consistently. We need it. We need it. Just least. keep attacking the pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like, look, Clint Capella hasn't been great of late. On Yoko Colnru, I think, like you mentioned, Nick is a much better player to that. But he was just allowing the, the – he gave the Hawks an out. And then yep. he allowed them to just, like, guard him for a possession and just like, all right, cool, I'll, I'll force you to go tough on the baseline. I'll force you to take, you know, a, a, he was taking early shots in the shot clock as well. His shot selection was pitiful. I want to – was it really in the third quarter where he just screwed up the time management and gave the Hawks uh, – I think the Hawks had ended up hitting a three where he, the Nets had the final possession. It was like 25-24. He took an early shot or James Johnson took an early shot. They ended up getting the offensive rebound. There was 12 on the clock, and he instantly attacked and went to the rim. Where it, And then the Hawks got five or seven seconds, and they scored a bucket. And that in a game like this, just managing possessions is so huge. It's just like some of these mistakes you just can't have, especially when the rest of your team is playing so poorly. You need your two stars to play well. And obviously one of them stepped up and the other one didn't. No, he has. And that, that's on him to, to really step up and, and help out his best bud because KD can only do so much. You know, there's only so much that he can carry. And there's only so many minutes in a game where, where he needs to just you know, we know what he can do. You know, Kyrie Irving is an incredible mercurial player, but he also just needs to be consistent and do the good things, the easy things well, uh, to just allow the Nets to generate easy buckets. And yes, it's hard given some of the lineups, like we alluded to earlier, that Steve Nash puts out there with him and with the absences of some of our players. But if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out against there against any team in the league, you know, they give themselves a shot to win. And when Kyrie's not at his best and, you know, he has a two, three out of a 10 game, and Kevin Durant has a 14 out of 10 game, 
you split that in half, you know, 14 plus two, 16, you get an eight out of 10. Yeah, that's not going to be enough. Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, um, who else do you want to jump into, Jack? I mean, I want to touch on the fouls as well, Nick, because Kevin Rand, you know, was frustrated by it, speaking to the media as well uh, right now. The Hawks had 49 <laughs> free throws. 49. And they shot 37 to 49%, 75.5% from there. 23 more points from the free throw line than the Nets. And you know why that happened, Nick? Not because the foul, the, the refereeing was awful and there was ticky-tacky fouls. Yeah, maybe one or two of them were. Because the Nets played awful, shitty defense. They yeah. are let, like we alluded to the James Johnson plays. Nick Claxton was giving away, you know, some dumb fouls. Kyrie Irving almost fouled out. You know, it was just, they played, you know, 16, 17 good seconds of basketball. And it's just like, you know what? Let's just hack them here. And it's just like, dude, like what is going on here? It was just, it allowed, it was just such an easy out for a team that is, you know, struggling, has, has gone on a bit of a run themselves. But you allow a team to get to the free throw line. It just slows the game down. And when the Nets are trying to get on runs and, and they give away a foul, it just stops the momentum and the ascendancy that they're trying to gain. But 23 more points and 30 more free throws in total. That's the game. It really is because the Hawks didn't shoot well. They shot 41% from the field and 31% from three. And guys just really weren't you know, playing that well. It was just a lot of mental mistakes defensively because all the rotations were late. And you constantly saw guys, you know, be it Patty Mills, be it James Johnson, miss the rotation and try to foul the guy going to the rim so they don't get, you know, the shot attempt. But then next thing you know, it's four minutes into the quarter and you're in the bonus. Now, everything you do is a problem. And just looking down the nets, you have Kessler Edwards had four fouls, you know, Andre Drummond, two, Patty Mills, four, Kyrie Irving, five, Cam Thomas, four, Clax, three, James Johnson, four, Blake played six minutes and had two. I mean, like Katie said, like it's it just making life easy. Like, no, it's really hard to lose a basketball game when you shoot 49 free throws. Then and the Hawks almost did. Going, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. And Kevin Durant's 55 career high points aren't going to be enough to even bail you out. That just shows that the defensive lapses, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Steve Nash and, and, and the impact that he had on this game and, and on this team overall. But the team when that was out there, you know, the defense they did play, they switched everything, which I was an advocate for. But then you switch everything with the guys that just can't do that. And it's just like, look, I, I think Andre Drummond is a better switch defender than people give him credit for. I think he can genuinely do that a little bit. And I thought that he was, you know, okay tonight. I, I don't, you know, in terms of the disparity between the players that we're discussing, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, on a, a tier by himself, and in a, in a tier of mediocrity by themselves is Patty Mills and James Johnson, and then somewhere in the middle you've got Kessler, Edwards, and and, and Nicholas Claxton. I think Andre Drummond was probably just under that. You know, he made some mistakes. He was a a bit inconsistent, but you know, he still had 13 rebounds, had a block, had two steals. I thought his hands were really good tonight. He was able to generate some points for himself in transition. So I don't understand why he played 18 minutes and again James Johnson played 31. And James Johnson was our small ball five. James Johnson is not a small ball five. You know, that guy can't get off the floor. I can jump higher off than him, and I've got a freaking sprained ankle. Like I don't understand, Nick. I don't understand. Yeah, I would have just made sure I matched Andre Drummond when Trey wasn't on the floor and let him get some minutes and do some things out there. I think he had some impactful plays, but you could see where the matchup was an issue for him. But it's tough, too, is because 
the Nets players, other than KD, was getting no level of respect. So the the paint was super clogged, and every time he kind of tried to go up, there was one possession too that was on him where he tried to go in four hawks and got his shit swatted. Where it's just like, come on, it was just it was just rough. Like I don't I don't think Drummond was bad, but I don't think he was good either. It was just kind of like, eh, like he was just had an egg game with some highlight plays in there because there it's just hard to really be happy about anyone other than Kevin Durant after tonight. <laughs> No, and it's totally fair. And it was good to see Kevin Durant finally get a foul for someone undercutting him on a jumper. That he, I think he made that as well. well it was nice to see him get the flagrant call, which he should have probably got a, uh, from the Bucks game when Wesley Matthews tried to, you know, take him out. But tonight he got it against Clint Capella, which was the right call. But it's still kind of concerning. <laughs> you know, that's happened to him what three times in the last three games. Yeah, and it's just like. Kevin Durant's ankles are going to be so fragile. And when you're playing 42 minutes as well, and it continues to happen to him, you know, the thankfully it happened tonight. If it happens again against, you know, the Houston Rockets and they, you know, whoever Josh Christopher tries to do it to him or whatever, <laughs> that it needs to be a flagrant again. It needs to be consistent because Kevin Durant needs to be protected. The best yep. players in the world need to be protected. Kawhi Leonard was taken out, you know, by Zaza, the, the, one of the stupidest, most reckless plays that I've ever seen on a basketball court. And they were winning that series and on a on a path to, you know, upsetting, having one of the great upsets in Western Conference Finals history. If we lose Kevin Durant for any stretch of games, and it's because of ankle soreness or because he's got sore ankles or he sprains his ankle and another play happens like that, I'm going to be infuriated. And I already am infuriated. So you can only imagine where the levels will go if that happens with our guy KD. Yeah, he'll definitely take new levels. And like you said, it's frustrating. It's worrisome. I don't even just worry about his ankle. I worry about his foot sometimes. Just, you know, when you come down, very easy to have some level of foot injury. But I don't even want to speak that into existence because it's enough bad things have already happened to the Nets. And and also it just sucks is that other guys were banged up. And, you know, Bruce got the flu. Goran had, has COVID, it seems like. And, you know, Seth Curry's dealing with that ankle. That doesn't sound like it's getting much better. Yeah, I'm just in terms of those three, I had at the top of my Google Doc. You know, I just hope all of them are all right. You know, I hope yeah. Bruce, you know, isn't isn't too sickly. You know, it is that time of year where you know things can happen a little bit. Well, down here in Australia, anyway. Um, Goran Dragic, it's I didn't know it was confirmed whether it was COVID. I thought it was just COVID symptoms, but then I'm on a piece by um, ESPN and their news services, and they said that he's placed in health health and safety protocols with COVID symptoms. So. I don't, but maybe it's to do yeah, a couple it's kind of PCR. confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's confusing because Bruce has the flu, which is extremely similar, and he's not in safety protocols. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. But all I do is I hope both of those guys are fitting well, um, and, and 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 their health is okay. Um, because you know, while we've talked a lot about basketball, it's a, a little bit insignificant when you know the the COVID stuff's still rampaging, guys. So you know, wearing your mask, get the the boosters, all that sort of thing. Again, it's ironic speaking of speaking about a team with Kyrie Irving. I understand that. Come at me in the DMs if you want. Like I I, I honestly feel nothing right now. So you know, <laughs> if you want to criticize me or my podcast or the way I talk, do whatever the hell you want because uh, I, I'm I'm numb to 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 absolute you know feeling. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a gut blow. And I think it's just a gut blow after a gut blow after a gut blow. And that's that's where we're at right now. And it's, I think it's also just, you know, the expectation for this team when you have this level of superstars and even the team assembled is good enough to win a championship. You think 
but obviously it hasn't seemed that way and guys aren't playing at the level they need to or performing or executing on different levels. You know, it's just so many different aspects of them not performing at a high level. And it's extremely frustrating, especially like you said, Jack, when you have Kevin Durant on this team, but anybody else or anything else you want to talk about from this game? I just want to, maybe not so much in the game, but I don't want to hear anyone like with the optimistic take. Just imagine if they're healthy. Imagine they're going to be the most dangerous eighth or seventh seed of all time. The season (laughs) isn't over. We have five games and the Nets need to make the playoffs first. If they make it and they get the eighth seed and they're going against Miami or Milwaukee or whatever, then call us dangerous and whatever. But we need to get there and the Nets need to win games. They're losing games right now. They're losing games that they should be winning. They should have won against Milwaukee if a lot of things went their way. Milwaukee probably played better, but I think that they should have won that game. I mean, they, they should have won against Charlotte. They should have won again tonight for so many other different reasons, but they're losing games. You can't just keep losing and losing. Yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, we're going to be fine. They can't. Like, that's just not how sports works. You yeah. need to win to make the grand stages of playoffs and finals. You need some level of consistency, too. And, like, you know, going to the Bucks loss, they blew a nine-point lead with three minutes left in that game. Like, yeah, the refs weren't great, but the game was there. The Nets made mistakes. And they just have yet to put together multiple great games in a row where you truly are like, wow, this team is so good. Like, we've talked about it. You know, there was the Heat win. There was the Sixers win. There was the Jazz win. There's these wins that were there, and they're great, and they're promising. But it doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of like the taste of it. It's like when you are, um, it's when you're like covering a, a young and up and coming team and they show you glimpses and you're like, wow, they could really be that team next year or they can potentially be it. But then they have these lows and that's kind of what the nets are right now. They have these highs, but they also have these lows and championship teams just really don't have them to the level of consistency in which the nets have had them all year. It's just been up and down, up and down. There's been no gradual growth to one goal. Yeah. The, the gap between their best and their worst is pretty remarkable. It and might be the biggest in the league. Yeah, no, I, I think that it is because the Nets' best is as good as anyone and their worst is you know losing to teams like the, the Hornets and, and you know, just having just god-awful losses you know, when they just shouldn't be. Um, I think I wanted to touch on – I'll give a little bit of a shout-out to, to John Brook Nets on, on Twitter and a big fan of the, the Brooklyn Buzz. He gave us a, a lengthy DM that we weren't able to address on, on the mailbag, and he touches on things like Steve Nash pretty consistently. He's talking about how you know he was um, starting to get a bit happy about you, sh- you know, show- throwing him a bit of shade. You know, maybe I'm having a bit of an influence on you. You know, he was frustrated in general. He was frustrated by KD even. So uh, that shows that you know the Nets are in a, a general malaise of frustration right now. Shout outs again to D Rock. We'll try and get to some of those questions, but. Don't think that uh, we're in the mood or in the the headspace to address other sort of net stuff. You know, they're Nick all going to probably... be negative responses. <laughs> no, because I'm just going to be like, you know, the Nets suck. I don't care. Play David <laughs> Duke Jr. and Dayon Sharp for all that I care. But there is good news. Nick's going to Nick's going to get to go to a Nets game, and um, I'll hopefully be able to jump on that one because Nick might get home a little bit later from from that game. So uh, hopefully get you have fun with that with our old K wall and and shout out to who was that that hit you up to the Joe day? who listens to our podcast. I don't want to say his last name because obviously you know cool. that's people's informations. But uh, he was I was lucky enough to get tickets from him to go to an upcoming Nets game. I was really excited before <laughs> before tonight's game. A little less excited now, but still always cool to go to Brooklyn. So. If everything still get to goes see right. the god, Nick. Still get to see yeah. the god. Yeah, hopefully yeah, everything goes well. KD plays in that game. The Nets get a win, and I'll be at Barclays. I'll, I'll post more details when I get more details. But 
hopefully I can bring some positivity to the Nets because they desperately need it, and so does the fan base. We all need it, Nick. We all need it. But, Jack, always a pleasure, even talking about depressing topics. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Even bigger thanks to when you listen during terrible losses like this. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.